Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. Money. Welcome to DIY Money. DIY Money. DIY Money. Wow, you're going really deep today. Money. I'm dealing with a little bit of a head cold. Money. Okay, I haven't had a cold cold in uh, years Mm -hmm. because... cold cold? Like a cold, you know, just a, a cold, yeah. I don't know. I guess I didn't need the cool double, kids are calling the double cold, cold, cold. But uh, I'm petrified to like sneeze in public. Yeah, you because, get the look. Oh my goodness! And I want to be like, ah, I've had a shot. My just, wife always says one. when I say I had a shot, she's like, "Well, you haven't had your second one." I'm like, "Well, I mean, it's got to. It's not like it does nothing." And then all two to tango, and then you get your second one. It's like boom! Now it's activated. I mean, come on. There's got to be something, right? Well, the first one is like all the stuff. And then the second one is like the activator. Well, they call it the boost, right? The boost. Boost mode, baby. The second one is the boost. Well, I haven't gotten my boost yet. You're not in boost mode. You're just in... Ah, boost mode. mode. Nice. All right. Um, I did a little TV spot yesterday, and I always... I don't normally look at this stuff, um, but it's always find it humorous. I got a wonderful comment on Twitter. Somebody said, hey, did you see Quintetro, Jewel CIO on Trading Nation? And then he proceeded to call me a bad word. <laughs> he said, what a D-bag. I don't want to hear that word here again. Is that, is that, is that uh, family friendly? Probably no. not. Yeah. Why, though? Like, so what, I, re- what I don't was know. so I, controversial? I, nothing. No, he's just, I, so I retweeted. I, I retweeted and I said, yeah, what a, what a D. He's a snake. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, I'm sure you can be. I'm, I'm sure, sure your wife would agree. Oh, yeah. There he was a day. When, you know, I was very active on social media and I would do a television spot and, oh my gosh, I would get, the people would come out, you know, what an idiot. Did you see that moron? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, you can't, you just got to let that go right off. I won't remember them in 10 minutes. Well, maybe 15, 10 minutes I'm going to be, anyways, little, little. We appreciate that all the listeners are kind. Mm, For the most part. (laughs) You Luckily, don't, you all, don't emails get all the emails go to you. You don't get all the emails. All right, uh, let's do some housekeeping odds and ends. We talked about this last show, but I want to make sure if you are interested in being on the show, sending us a question, the way you do this is by recording a voice memo on your smartphone and emailing that to us. There is an app that comes on the iPhone that is a recording app, and you just record, and then you can actually share that or email that to us, podcast at DIYmoney.org. On Android, I don't believe it comes uh, part of the phone, but I think it's easily downloadable. I think you can just add a voice memo app to Android. But that's how we get the content for this show. And I'm saying that because I've had two things happen. A lot of people are sending me great questions. They're writing them out. We don't have a format for that. So that is for not. And then secondly, people are saying, hey, where can I call up and leave my voicemail? So I think it's just our fault because we haven't talked about this system in a long time. So again, send us a voice memo 
podcast at DIYMoney.org. And then we will, if we choose to use that on the show, we embed that into the show and we will send you a $25 Amazon gift card. So there you go. Um, we've got a good question today, and it's a lengthy one, but I think it's important to hear the intro and the backstory from Stephanie. Stephanie. So, Stephanie, what do you got? DIY! Hi, DIY Money. This is Stephanie calling in from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I am asking about saving for short to medium term goals. Um, it seems obvious that. Uh, for very short-term goals, you should keep that money in a you know very safe savings account. And for very long-term goals like retirement, you might want to keep that money in a much higher yield investment, um, you know, in your 401k and stocks and bonds and whatnot. Um, for medium-term goals, it's a little more murky. I am wondering what time horizon do you think is long enough to put some money into the market? Uh, and what sort of funds, stocks, or investments would you consider safe enough for that short of a time frame? Um, for some context, my husband and I bought a home in Pittsburgh when he started medical school. He's in residency now and will be done in about two years when he'll start his career as a doctor at that time. So we're saving for upgrading our home to a larger home, possibly in a new city, um, probably somewhere around the four to five year time horizon. Uh, this may sound like a short time frame, but I am considering putting our current excess savings into investments uh, because I, we have a decent risk tolerance based on the fact that we have a good amount of equity in our current home and expect to sell for 70 to 150k more than we currently owe. Um, and our household income will be doubling after residency. Um, which gives us a good cushion. Even if we had to start saving completely from scratch at that time, it shouldn't take us terribly long to save, uh, especially because our current mortgage is uh, extremely affordable. Um, and we don't have a strict timeline for buying a new home or selling the current one. Uh, we can always rent out this home, uh, become renters ourselves in a new city, um, and wait for the right timing with uh, real estate or um, investment markets if needed. Um, so looking for any advice you have um, about where and if we should be investing. Thanks. Okay, um, I brought this question out, not necessarily to really specifically answer her question about where to invest. I want to I wanna really kind of dissect her strategy. Uh, mm -hmm. What comes to mind when I hear the, and take no offense to this, but Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. That's Mike Tyson. So, I, you know, the I think I want to hear your thoughts on this. But one of the things that concerns me is the assumption that assets are not correlated. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about that a little bit more. But that is something that I think would be a rude awakening uh, for these folks, that if we go through some challenging times, assets are correlated immensely. So what say you, Daniel? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the big concerns. If you are investing, uh, regardless of the timeline, actually, if you're investing something, uh, especially for a house purchase in the future, because those two assets do tend to correlate, not precisely, 
But the thing that drives uh, stocks down for a longer period of time, longer than we saw last spring, uh, which was a uh, it was a macro event, but it happened in a micro sort of timeline, uh, very quick down and, and very quick recovery. Um, but when we get into real sort of traditional recessions, those can go on one, two, three years. And during that time, housing prices go down at the same time. So you, you run into the scenario where now is a great time to buy a house and you've sort of stored up this these finances in investments and are kind of looking at, well, now we're kind of, we're basically even because our investment went down and we're buying a house lower and that didn't work out so well. Um, so that's something that you definitely have to consider. Uh, I will say that uh, when we were saving for one of our previous cars, we saved it, uh, we saved funds in a 60-40 or 70-30 portfolio because we weren't sure when we were going to buy it. We didn't have an exact timeline. We knew that if it took an extra year or two or something like that, we just kind of knew that when when the price, uh, when the value of that account got to where we needed to buy a car and you know the investments were in a good place that we would cash out and we'd buy the car. If it took an extra year or two um, for that to happen, we weren't concerned. But the, the difference in that scenario is that cars might move slightly uh, with up and down in the economy, but not significantly. Uh, not like housing prices and, and so forth. So there is something to say to having some significant uh, portion of that those funds available liquid. I would say uh, the short to medium, when we're talking about medium, I don't really like to invest anything that's really under the five-year mark and sometimes even over the seven-year mark uh, or under the seven-year mark. Uh, and so th- that's kind of what I would look at there, five to, five to seven years, how flexible you are, uh, I wouldn't put it all in stocks if you choose to invest it. I, I would I would have a responsible uh, allocation uh, based upon the risk. And then one of the things that I do is on our investment spreadsheet that has our uh, the balances in the various accounts and our kind of goal timeline for those accounts, what I do is I look at the investments in those accounts and I look back to the pandemic downturn and I look back to 2008, 2009, and I look, uh, I take whichever was greater from highs to lows, what that amount was, the drawdown in percentage. And then I take the percentage that that is as an allocation in our account, and I calculate what kind of what's the, not max, because it could go further, but like what's the potential drawdown uh, if this could happen? And if if that's a shorter term or midterm goal, am I okay with that? And I actually put a dollar amount to it. So I calculate the percentage, then I put the dollar amount that that account could potentially go down. I go, am I, am I okay with that risk? Because that's the risk that I'm taking right here. And if we're okay with that risk, uh, then we move forward. Or if that start, risk starts to get a little unsettling, then I start to dial that back, put more in cash, less in stocks, or uh, some short-term bonds or something like that that's really not exciting, uh, but offers just an option. All right. Um, I think people are going to have to go back and replay what you explained. I was going to have you explain lot. it again, but I think they can just go Sorry. back and dissect that. Please be kind and rewind. What you're calculating there is based on, let's say, a 35% market decline, you know, mm-hmm. if that happens again, are you okay with that 35% hit in your funds or yeah, well, whatever the portfolio did? say stocks go down, let's say we're looking at a total market index or something like that and... We factor that they can go down 50%. We'll just keep the math really simple. If we're 100% invested in that particular fund, uh, then we have to be okay with that going down 50%. If that's our 20% down on a mortgage, that significantly impacts the amount of house that we can buy. Now, if instead of doing 100% stocks, we do 50% stocks and 50% cash, 
now the the total amount that that account is potentially kind of max drawdown is now 25%. Well, that makes it a little bit better. And so that's where sort of uh, risk-based allocation is very, very important. You still get some upside uh, if things do well, but you're also mitigating and really owning your downside. But I would say if you've not calculated that, you, you have to because that's – and put the actual dollar amount there uh, that, that you're forecasting that that could go down because that makes you actually stomach the risk and go, what type of house could we buy if – this was what that account was worth. And are we okay with that? Yeah, so here's what I here's what I see a lot of people doing. I'm not saying you're doing this, but this is what I see a lot of people doing. I see a lot of people saying, oh my goodness, housing is just crazy right now. We're going to just save and we're going to wait to buy a house when they get a little bit more affordable. Okay, so what you're saying is you're going to wait for a housing correction to occur uh, until you buy that makes perfect sense. But then in the same token, they say, so we're going to invest this money while we wait. Here's the flaw I see with that. It is highly unlikely that housing will correct and the stock market will stay strong. And so ultimately what you're doing is as real estate prices are being inflated, you are buying inflated assets along with that. Being stocks. Stocks. When the market corrects and you finally go, wow, this real estate is now affordable, you're going to open your account and more than likely, it would be an incredible anomaly if this wasn't the case. I mean, like ever, (laughs) you are going to see a significant decline in your investments and you're going to go, well, crap, we can't sell now. Let's wait till that goes up. You'll do one of two things at that moment. You will borrow more. Because you are going to wait till your stocks go up. And now basically what you've done is you've levered up that loss. Or you are going to say, well, let's wait till this, to purchase this home until our stocks go up. And then you're in the cycle where the stocks rebound. You go out and look at real estate. And guess what? You're in the same boat. Real estate is purchased. In, or real estate has, has appreciated. Mm-hmm. In order to game the system... Okay, I just call it what it is because that's what everybody's trying to do. Yeah. In order to game the system, you got to step away from the game for a while. And that's super hard to do. The odds of you finding that one little area where you're going to kind of sneak in some return while everybody else gets hit, and then you're going to go into this other asset and scoop something up is highly unlikely. And I think what young investors, and maybe she's, well, yeah, she is young. Younger investors um, are failing to embrace or understand is what it's like to go through a real 50% market correction that lasts for a long time. More than a couple weeks. Yeah. And maybe we don't ever see it again. I just saw somebody's paid $69 million for a digital asset. $69 million? This morning. being hyperbolic? Nope. They spent $69 million on an NFT, non-fungible, or non, what is it called? Non-fungible token. Token, yep. A digital piece of artwork. Anyways, I don't know how that's relevant, other to say people are- That'll go down as housing goes down, Paying up ridiculous amounts of money for stuff, okay? So let me bring it closer to home. I have a home, uh, primary residence, probably will be there forever. It's a wonderful home. We love it. Whatever. Okay. Uh, we have done well over the years, 
primarily because we've been our own tenants, so the risk is limited, but buying unique commercial properties. Single uh, occupant commercial properties, buying at a discount. I enjoy it. It makes sense to me. I have one that's occupied by uh, a different tenant, so not our business, and it's been wonderful. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great investment. I would like at some point in the future to potentially add to that portfolio. And so I look around periodically. There is zero opportunity out there right now. Zero. They're, they're, tra- they're selling at ridiculous prices. So I, too, in this portfolio, am building up capital. It's painful to earn zero on that capital. It is just, it's frustrating. But once a deal comes available, I am certain it will come available when markets or the economy is struggling. I do not want to put that capital at risk at all, at all. Someone could say, but that could be four or five years, all that opportunity cost. Right. Or it could be two or three weeks. It could be two or three months. I have no idea. But I, too, in that area, am taking the opportunity to just kind of be out of the game completely, waiting patiently for the opportunity to arise. The reason opportunities arise is because people don't have cash. It's very simple. Or they need, yeah, they need cash. They need it elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And so if you are the person who thinks, well, but that won't be me, it's not the case. You could lose your job. You could, you know, see a significant market correction, real estate correction, and it's like, oh, there's opportunity now. And you're like, well, goodness, I can't do that. I mean, I'm not going to buy now. The world is ending. So I say all that, and this is just for the, the question and also other people that are out there. If you have a goal in mind, four to five-year time horizon, you're, you're saving for a goal and an objective, I really encourage you. I don't think you should invest it. It's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm, I just don't think you should. It's boring. Sock away cash. Wait for the opportunity to hit. I mean, this is what Buffett does on a large scale. <laughs> All the time. His businesses bring in a bunch of cash. It sits there. He gets annoyed with the cash, but he waits, 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 and then a fat pitch comes along because the economy's in despair or something, and, and, and everybody's uh, he's like, handing out umbrellas yeah, in the middle of the store. That's right. Everybody's like, oh, my goodness, he did it again. Well, yeah, because he's sitting on cash loads, and, and quite frankly, in this industry, he's getting made fun of at times. Wow, look at all this cash he's sitting on. It's ridiculous. Well, he's not out buying $69 million non-fungible tokens, that's for sure. Anyways. So we think. No, he's not. Yeah, he's not. (laughs) All right, let's wrap it up. That was a really good question. Uh, A little bit longer show today, but I think it's worth the the discussion. Uh, Boring is beautiful in my world, in our world. That's why you love me. I do love you, Daniel. I love you. All right, let's. Uh, what else? Anything else? That's Nothing. it. We got to wrap Facebook it up. Facebook tribe. All right, People whatever. Are rebel if we go remember, over twenty minutes. Remember, friends, the secret go to wealth is, is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do it for a very long time. Make it a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.